The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Good morning to you, everyone. This is Human Impact, and now we are stepping into our Movember feature where all month long we have discussions targeted at our men in society because we've seen that once they thrive, the world... Well, once they're healthy, we as the universe thrives. And I would like to welcome to the show this morning Mr. Carlos V. Spencer, who's a motivational speaker and a graduate of the University of Buffalo, former division scholarship athlete and former New York City police officer. He owns two companies, Carlos V. Spencer Speaks and Grace and Mercy Productions. He's a father, a businessman, and a leader. Carlos is also the author of the book Flip the Switch. His main goal in life is for his children and children's children to one day look at pictures of him and say, thank you. His motto is, let go, let's grow, let's get it. And returning to the air on Freedom 106.5 FM, Mr. Obina Nadu has uh, been with us during this Movember special and he is a serial entrepreneur since 2001. He is a speaker, trainer, businessman and author who has also built seven million dollar businesses and he's fathered four children and has a passion for helping men learn to lead, protect and provide. And finally but not least on our list I have in studio with me Mr. Errol Fabian. He's a comedian, media personality, producer, actor, playwright, father, and the list goes on. He was born in Gonzales Village, Guapo, Point Fortin, in 1960 to parents Gloria and Andrew Fabian. Errol is one of nine children, attended Guapo Government School. He's, his father was vice principal. Hmm. You all my business. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning to you. Good morning to all your listeners, wherever in the world they are. Let's see if probably we could try the other microphone. Just right. Good morning to you and good morning to your listeners, wherever they are. Right. Now we're hearing you a little better. Niceness. Yes. So, you know, I wanted to welcome you, gentlemen. Hello. Are you hearing me? Yes, can hear you just fine. This yes, is over. I can as well. Right. So, I, yeah, the mics were off. So, we're welcoming you to the show today, and the topic for today is uh, relationships between fatherhood and well, father and son, and male role models. And I wanted to start off the discussion briefly, you know, talking about the evolution of fatherhood and exploring how the roles of fathers has been evolved over time, including the shift from traditional breadwinner roles to more involved parenting styles. So, Mr. Fabian, I wanted to start with you. And okay, no problem. Um, some may say it hasn't evolved, but it has been eroded. Mm. <laughs> some may say, you know, I've heard that discussion with regard to the role of men and that we are more domesticated today, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, we spend more and more time assisting in the home. And, but the thing is, we still expected to provide in the same way we would have provided if we were out all the time trying mm -hmm. to um, create and make a better living for our families. Um, I, I personally don't think men's rules have changed I know we've always been caring people. I saw my father cooking. I saw my father assisting around the house. I saw my father doing those things and working hard out there. And from 
my observations as a child growing up in the community, I saw men doing all of the, the things that they say we've evolved into doing now. Mm -hmm. You know, as a, I myself was, I've been a single father for years. I brought up five children and I did what had to be done. And I think men have always and will always do what needs to be done. And Mr. Nidu, what do you have to say on that, uh, on that point? Yeah, absolutely. Can you hear me well? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, I definitely agree with the gentleman in that the uh, the expectation on men has not changed. But I think what has changed is, um, how do I put this in a simple way? Well, I think I, if I could just be real, very direct about this, I think that what has changed is the sensitivity around how a man is supposed to show up. Um, I think a lot of men have been emasculated uh, in more recent times around that particular subject. And it's, you know, not saying that a man should be a brute or some type of gorilla in a room tearing things up. No, he's that we should all still have cooth and how we go about things. But I think that the expectation on men and the way that we are supposed to behave I feel a lot of men have now are now walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of men aren't allowed to truly be the masculine men that they're supposed to be. Um, you know, especially, you know, we have a lot of gay things in our society nowadays. And, and I say gay things, and I don't mean to belittle anyone. I'm not here to judge anyone. But the expectation of masculinity has shifted, and there's a lot more femininity in masculinity. And that's what is now expected on a general basis from more men. Uh, men are not allowed to be their masculine selves anymore because they're gonna be judged, they're gonna be looked at in a negative way, they're gonna be called insensitive. There's so many things around that. They're gonna that be I called feel toxic. Like being lost. That's right, we'll be looked at as toxic in some capacity rather than allowing us to just be masculine. Masculine and feminine need each other. You can't change the square hole because mm -hmm. then you gotta change the square peg. The two won't fit together as well anymore. And now I'm starting to see that, that that disruption in our masculine normal ways is now showing up in the dynamics of relationships. You have a lot more women now wanting to push the, the divorce button, wanting to run away because, oh, he's just being too toxic. Well, well, what did he do that was so toxic? And then when she explains it, oh, he was being a guy. He was being a man. Sure, he can be more <laughs> sensitive to you. Sure, he can care about you more. Sure, he can show you love. But don't try to change the essence of what a man is supposed to be. So that's the only difference I would say. Mr. Spencer, good morning to you. You can join in on, on the topic. Yes, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. We can hear you yes, loud and so, clear. Thank you. I, for me, I believe also, in addition to what the men have stated, I definitely agree. Uh, for me, I've also, uh, what's been highlighted and what's been communicated. I believe the first gentleman spoke about how he did see his father do these things. Like for me, my father passed when I was 19, but my grandfather was a very stable man in my life and the lives of my brothers. I grew up with four brothers, uh, nine grandchildren, only one granddaughter, and she has five sons. So our grandfather was a very stable figure in our lives. And again, I go back to, for me, the change is what's being communicated and what's being highlighted. Because when I go back and think about my grandfather, my grandfather was a person who always provided. My grandfather was a person who was always loving. Out of my grandfather and my grandmother, 
my grandmother was more the one who whooped us. My grandfather was the one who said, okay, that's enough. Hmm. So again, this is not what's highlighted, right? This is not what's talked about. Um, although he was a man's man, right? He was a person who was at the pool shop. And when they called the pool shop, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. And they called him like, hey, is, 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 is Glenn Dubois there? They're like who? Like, is the king there? Like, oh, the king, the king is here. Yeah, king, get the phone. So he was a man's man. But when he came around to his children and his grandchildren, he was this loving figure as well, but it wasn't highlighted in society for me to be able to recognize that a man was showing this love. It's not till now where I think we're becoming more aware and the spaces are being uh, more open to what men have always been doing. And I say that because a lot of men have been doing it already, but I think the ability to see it, to hear it talked about more, gives other men permission to now do what other men have always been doing. So I don't think this is um, men just are just starting to do this now. I think there has been a, a good amount of men who have been moving in this space, but now it's being talked about more. If you look at statistics, statistics will show you for black men in particular, uh, black men in particular have always been said men are not present. The father is not present, but that's not true. I think it was Oprah Winfrey that came out with stats that show that black men are prone to be involved in the lives of their children than other men. So again, it's not being talked about. It's not being highlighted, but it's always been done. I think now we're talking about it more. We're highlighting it more. And now we're giving permission to other men who didn't see it, who didn't hear it, who didn't have it represented in front of them to say, oh, this is manhood as well. Me and Obi talk about it a lot. If, if I tell my children, and I do, especially my sons, it's okay to be a virgin. It's okay to keep yourself. When they hear that from a man, they've never heard that most times from a man who is a man telling them that this is okay. So now, again, something is being communicated that's always been happening. So for me, again, I don't think it's new, but I think we're seeing it more, and I think we're talking about it more. I wanted to interject here and um, find out from y'all if you agree with the point that somehow within the evolution, that masculinity, uh, uh, let me put it the other way, that anger could have been mistaken for masculinity and it was projected onto society, uh, especially our young men, and they got it confused. Mr. Fabian, what do you well, think? Um, again, that word evolution, um, I'm, I'm a bit wary of it, but you know, there's a lot more for men to be angry about in today's world. Okay. Expectations have evolved, but I'm not sure about this evolution of men. We are hardwired by a creator that makes us and places us here to function in a particular way, and our creator don't miss, mm -hmm. right? But um, there's a lot more for men to be angry about in the society today. Um, I remember as a young man being able to walk down the road and compliment a woman, mm -hmm. you know? Um, in my own way, of course, but today a man has to be very careful in doing that because you can be accused of any any myriad of things that could be seen as hostility, that could be seen as sexual, that could be seen as assaulting, all, all kinds of things from saying a good morning, mm -hmm. you know, and we live in a society in Trent Tobago where we expect us to say good morning and hello and so on, you know, that is changing, but I, I, I do not attach anger to male experience only, especially since uh, men have more to be angry about in spite of that, because anger is a normal 
human emotion. emotion. Mm. It's a chemical thing that happens in our head. And, you know, it's a, more and more men are not expected to get angry and not expected to show their anger, I find. Mm -hmm. But um, that, that's, that's how I feel about that. Mr. Nidu, you did bring up uh, the clash between the feminine side of masculinity and the masculinity, the, the male side of masculinity as well. There seems to be a, a confusion or um, a, a discussion where, you know, fellas need to tone down on their anger, tone down on, on their masculine side. Do you think, as Mr. Fabian said, that men have a lot more to be angry about in this time and that expression is what is being confused for masculinity? I think it's a very, very good question. Um, and there, I think there are layers to it. The first layer that I would speak to is uh, that society has associated anger as a masculine trait. Hmm. When anger, as you guys just distinguished, is a human characteristic. You're allowed to be angry. Like, do you know how much freedom that gives a human being to know that they're allowed to be? People don't even say sentences like that. I say that to my son. I say that to my daughters. You're allowed to be angry. Now, you're not allowed to, uh, to use your anger to abuse mm. on any capacity. And that's the distinction. See, we've, it's almost like the same way that society has negated the color black. So now when I say I'm a black person, all of a sudden, all these negative connotations are what show up in people's minds as opposed to, no, black is just a color. Matter of fact, black is really not a color. It's just <laughs> the absence of light. So, so let's not go down that road. I'm not chasing that rabbit right now. But my point, though, is let's recognize that society has placed anger as a masculine quality rather than a human characteristic, number one. Number two, do men have a lot to be angry about? Heck yeah, men have a lot to be angry about. You want me to tell you why? Because the other thing that has been expected of men is to not have any outlet. Hmm. A man is supposed to just hold it. Hmm. A man is supposed to just eat it. A man is supposed to just stay calm. So you mean to tell me you come up to me and you grab your hand and you slap me, I'm supposed to just maintain my cool? Hmm. No, I'm a human. There's a natural reaction when something is triggered. And so, so the second thing I would say is for us to allow our men to, to let them know, hey, it's okay to feel that feeling, but don't abuse with it. That's the second thing. And then I would say the last part of it really is, um, well, really, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I skipped a piece there. That piece about letting the pressure out. I want to go a little deeper in that road. Men are not allowed to cry. Men are not allowed to show emotion. Men are not, not allowed to show their feminine, the feminine aspect of their uh, masculine body. You see, because we all have feminine and masculinity in us, right? It's in, it's, women have masculine energy. Men have feminine energy. But part of, I feel like, the distortion that's happening out here is that the men's feminine energy is now being encouraged to become female. To become our rather dominant than just energy. Allow it, it, yeah, to so, become the other gender rather than mm -hmm. allow that feminine energy to come out. And what, what does it look like for a masculine male to allow his feminine energy to flow? Let me tell you what it looks like. It looks like if I'm hurting, I'm, it's okay for me to cry. Mm -hmm. 
that doesn't that doesn't change anything about my masculine body, my male energy. It, it's a human characteristic. You know what it looks like? It looks like it's okay for me, like my brother Carlos just said, and when when grandma is doing the whooping, they say, okay, that's enough. Come here, son. Come give Papa a hug. Mm-hmm. It's okay for me to express my feminine energy inside of this masculine body in those ways, but I don't need to become a woman in and order it, for that to be now okay. And it's okay so to again, ask I'm not for here help. judging anyone. That's right. I'm not here judging anyone. Do you if think... somebody chooses to be gay, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, let's not make it okay that that's the only way that your feminine energy, masculine guy, can come out is if you choose to go all the way and become gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think it was, uh, should I say, a part of the acceptance of that lifestyle the, the, that to embrace that feminine side it, it went too far, do you think? I think everyone has a right to choose their sexual orientation. And, you know, I'm not here. Like I said, I got to keep saying it because sometimes I'm so passionate about this. People hear what they want to hear, not what I say. Mm-hmm. So it's okay for anyone to choose their sexual orientation. But what I am, the distinction I'm wanting to make clear is we also need to communicate to men that it's okay to embrace your feminine energy and your feminine traits and those other sides of you that are not so masculine and you don't have to jump all the way out the window in order for that now to be looked at as okay. So I don't think it's that people are becoming, you know, choosing a sexual orientation just so that they can let out whatever feminine energy that's in them that needs to come out, like a man crying or something of that nature, that he, oh, I won't be looked at as weird if I'm, if I'm, a gay man that's mm. crying. I don't think that I don't think that people are doing it to that extreme. But what I am saying is, if we don't put into the conversation, if we don't add into the context, if we don't make it a part of the actual expectation that, hey, if you choose to be gay, it's okay. That's on you, your choice. Mm-hmm. If you choose to be fully masculine, that's on you. That's your choice. But if as a masculine male, you want to express yourself emotionally, you can. That's okay. You don't need to go from one all the way to 10 in order for that to now be looked at as okay. No, it's okay for a masculine man to cry. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't diminish your masculinity, nor does it make you feminine if you express that human emotion. I wanted to present this point to all of y'all. Uh, earlier on today with uh, Satish, one of the comments from one of his, well, from his guest is that the idea of the male presence in families, especially with father figures and uh, grandfathers, etc., coming together to do some sort of activity, let's say it's hunting, fishing, and so on, the impact of the fatherly presence has been removed and taken away within you know generations uh years passing do you think that that has had an effect on understanding how emotions can be processed and how um how to release and to make it relevant to their development 
Well, to, I, to, I do. Let me. Um, yeah, you go ahead. Mr. Spencer, jump in, yes. Jump in, jump in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know what I'm saying? These, these men ain't letting me talk. So I'm going to talk my <laughs> talk. <this way>. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to talk on this. Because I got I to make a point on this angry part. No, it's all love. I love to hear men talk. I love to sit back and, and listen to it. I'm going to make a point on this angry point, And I'm going to get right to what you just said as well. But for the importance of that figure. Because I've experienced that in my own life. Like I stated before, uh, my father passed away when I was 19. And I grew up in a home where my parents were married, but my parents separated when I was about five. So I'm a part of that demographic who did not have that father present for those things. On the angry part, too, I have to say this, that anger is okay when it serves people, right? Mm -hmm. So the anger is okay to come from men when it's serving the population and when it's serving women. That's what we kind of get away from. We want men to be angry, but we want them to keep it bottled up until it serves everybody. The problem is when we want us to keep it all bottled up, sometimes now men are bottling all this anger up and they don't know what to do with it because they don't have a healthy way of releasing it. So what do I mean by that? If you got 3 a.m. knock at the door and you with your wife and your man go show up and somebody's trying to barge into your home, you want them to be angry. I heard it once said, I'd rather have a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. I'm going to say that one more time. Yes. I'd rather have a warrior in a gardener than a gardener in a war. So if there's a war showing up, you don't want a bunch of gardeners in your front line. Mm -mm. But you want a bunch of warriors there when you have a gardener. I'll bring this point up and I'm gonna jump right into this masculine, uh, this male being present. It's a beautiful scene that was talked about in this book. I can't remember the name of the book, but in Avengers, in the Avengers, Bruce Banner showed up. Scarlett Johansson was sitting right there. She said, I'm sorry, Bruce, but I need the other guy. She pushes him off the cliff and then Hulk, the Hulk shows up. And then the Hulk is the one that takes her to rescue because she needed Bruce Banner to be angry to be able to take care of the situation that was at hand. So again, anger is okay when it serves everybody, but it's a part of humans, like my brother Obi stated, but it's a part of men that we need to accept and show men. I went to the weight room this morning at 530 in the morning. Me and two of my buddies, we go four days out of the week. And I make this point every time I'm in the gym, it's a violent sport. And that's a good space for me to be able to release that anger where I can release it in a safe environment and I can also have that same strength when somebody needs the hawk to show up and I'm trying to be Bruce Banner. Mm -hmm. So these men in our lives, I, I agree, and I'll shorten this part since I touched on that one and hear from the other fellas. I definitely believe that the lack of having that male presence taking us fishing. I took my son to the gun range. And a lot of people in our cultures, we don't take our sons to the gun range. So we never learn how to operate something the right way. Therefore, when we're learning how to operate something, usually it's the wrong way or men are being curious because they've never seen it operated the right way. So I, curiosity sometimes causes a young man to do something wrong, to do something violent, to do something to hurt somebody, because he may have never had the presence of a father to take him to the gun range and to show him, son, this is how you load a gun. This is how you never point it at somebody. This is how you shoot the gun. This is how you unload the gun. This is the safe way you do things. So I do believe that young men are missing seeing a man. Watch this, and I'll say this, and I'll jump. Not only learning from him, but just seeing how he moves with his emotions. Mm -hmm. Seeing how my father gets angry. Seeing how he comes down from that anger. Seeing how my father may get angry and go too far, come back and be apologetic. Seeing the normal emotions of a man and understanding I can have these emotions not just based upon what I'm learning by being taught, 
But like you stated, I'm not seeing it, so I don't know how to operate it. I'll say this. I got to say this. I'm sorry. If my son never saw me stand up and use the bathroom, how's he going to pick that up? Hmm. And that's a little far. But I, I can guarantee you the father's on this line. I have five children. I have three boys. My son has seen me use the bathroom when he was that age, and he learned how to do it without me just having to teach him how to do it, but he saw me do it. So it's very important to have that fatherly presence. We all agree. I, I agree, yes. And I just want to say in response to the question that to address a situation that has come about or allegedly come about because of an absence of father, it means we have to accept that there's an absence of fathers mm -hmm. in the homes. And I am not absolutely sure that the narrative that we have out here about all of these absent men mm -hmm. is a correct one. Yes, they are absent fathers. Um, I was a single father. I have a good partner. He was a single father. And I know a lot of men who are not, some of them not present in the home, but mm -hmm. very present in the lives of their children, their boys. Outside of the home. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So the, the, we'll have to accept or, or accept as true that they're not there to really address that question. Mm -hmm. That said, um, the presence of a daddy, my father was not a very present father. He worked very hard. He did a lot of stuff when he was home with us, mm -hmm. but he was a he was absent a lot of the time because he was a hard-working man and he responded to the community needs. He was out early giving lessons. He was out late giving lessons. On the weekend, he'd go and give lessons in the youth camp and all these things. I didn't see a lot of my father. Mm -hmm. But the time that I saw my fa father was good time. I was not going to go on to that point where I believe, uh, I think some of us, most of us believe that there is a bias when we are looking at the different ways in which fathers show up in families and we haven't accepted or moved away from the traditional presence of a father, mother, kid, children situation. Uh, it's very hard for some traditionalists to accept the single father situation, uh, the two dads situation, because we have to admit those things do exist. Mm -hmm. And the stepfather situation, uh, we've been very molded and um, situated in the traditional side. I think that bias has a lot to play in the uh, presence of fathers. And what, what do you all think, Mr. Spencer? So you're saying that, that that I want to make sure I'm answering your question correctly, that that there is a presence in fathers and we're saying that they're absent? No, what I'm saying is the traditional way that a father should be present in families, that idea has been changed over the years. So we now have single fathers the, and the way that they show up, stepfathers and the way that they show up, and then the non-traditional uh, to dad situation, which is, you know, uh, prevalent and recognized now. Because of the bias of a traditional setting, I think a lot of people have been putting pressure on recognizing how a father should show up. Do you see any correlation to that and to uh, the presence, the, how to put it, the actions of young men today? Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I have to agree that there is a pressure on a lot of men. I won't make a blanket statement, statement and say all. Oh, a lot of men, I do believe there is some pressure to be in that traditional role. 
Um, I, I think a lot of men are in situations where they are in that traditional role and they're okay with it. Uh, whatever works for your situation, that's what works. You know, if you're married or you're with someone and your wife is working and you're at home or uh, your woman is is making more money than you, we have a lot of situations like that um, in this day and age. I know many people who make that work. I will say, though, that for the most part, men that I know of, there is some pressure to be in that space. And it takes a special situation for somebody to be able to operate that in the right way. And what do I mean by that? I'm going to push the envelope a little bit. Um, a lot of women, I think, do want to be taken care of. I think a lot of women um, do want men to be in that traditional space, and that is some pressure. And I think there's some good pressure. So am I saying you should be a provider? Yes, you should be a provider, and you should provide for your family. But if that's not your situation, um, don't allow people on the outside of your relation relationship be able to dictate how you should move in your relationship. So I do think a lot of more men are taking on the role of being caretaker, are taking on the role of, of, of moving, like my brother Obi said, in some of their feminine energy. And I do think it's okay. I do honestly think that that is still a struggle for a lot of men and a lot of couples and a lot of situations. But at the same time, I do think some men have found a safe space with the person that they are with being able to move like that and being okay. But I, I, I personally think it takes a lot more work to be able to move in a space that's not a traditional man space and be okay with yourself and be okay with your partner. Mr. Obi, what are your thoughts on that? Can you guys hear me well? Yes. Loud and clear. Okay, I'll uh, I'll be brief and um because the gentlemen have done a great job in in um hitting on this subject, but I really wanted to say two things. One with regard to the, the last question, the previous question, and it was um, the, the presence of a father in a home is not just for the boys in that home. Mm -hmm. let, me, let, me, let, me, let me express this, that this I've, I'm yet to see this acknowledged in society yet. You see, when you cut off the head, you don't have to worry about the body. Hmm. It will fall. But see, the part that I want you all to pay attention to is that the body is comprised of multiple parts. My body isn't just one arm, it's two arms. It isn't just two arms, it's two legs. It isn't just two arms and two legs, it's a torso. There are many parts to the body, but when we cut the head, the body falls. Now watch this, when you remove a man from a household, for whatever reason, jail, bad choices, whatever it was, when the man is absent from that home, he's not just absent as a blueprint for the boys, He's also absent as a blueprint for the girl. Now, why is this important? Why is this important? I had, I was, in, I was married before, and I was married to a woman who was raised by her mother and her grandmother. Her sister was in her life. Her dad was not in her life. Her brother was in jail. The closest male was two generations late, uh, after her, and he was an uncle that lived in a whole nother state. So this woman grows up never really interacting with men other than the majority of her interaction with, with men were in, either in dates or the perception that she had of men from the women she was being raised by. So, so we always link the absence of, of the father to what it means to the boy's life later on. But my question is, what does this mean for the girls hmm. when they become women? Because one of the challenges I had in my former marriage was when I'm being a man, oh, I'm toxic. 
I'm sorry. How am I being toxic if I'm just talking to you? I'm, I'm a passionate person. I'm just having a conversation. So silence. The booming voice. Silence? Yeah, yeah. You, you, oh, you want me to talk to you just like that? I don't know how to do that. I'm no. a guy. We have to be our emotional to selves too. We have to be our emotional yes. selves too. I have to be me. Yeah. But guess what? She didn't. She never had a blueprint of me. Let me say that again. She never had a blueprint of me. Now what does that do? It leads to all types of other dysfunctions. So ladies and gentlemen, let's be clear. The absence of a father impacts everybody yep. in major and significant ways. Now to answer your question, I promise you I'll be brief. Let me go back to it. You said something, you asked about um, what does, uh, th how does this part, uh, how do I similar? Summarize this question. You mind reminding me, please? I got so traditional, I, traditional way. From traditional, yes. yes, because the different yes. ways in which uh, fathers show up now in in today's society, we have single fathers, stepfathers, and then fathers in the non-traditional way, uh, two dads situation, etc. Um, we right. we wanted to talk about the effects of that. Yes, um, ladies and gentlemen, whenever you want to know the purpose of the thing, you need to ask the manufacturer of a thing. <laughs> Let me repeat that. When you want to know the purpose of the Go thing, the ask the manufacturer the of the thing. <laughs> Last so time you I said, if, if I, I shouldn't ask a car how the car operates? No, you should no, ask you the shouldn't. car how the car operates. Okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And don't ask the phone how it should operate. Don't ask your refrigerator. You ask the person who, who made, made the thing. Okay. Thank you very much. Read check, the instructions, check, check the, the manual. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. Exactly. So guess what? The oldest reference of marriage is in the Bible. Mm. If you can find an older reference, please bring it to me because I will, I will stand correct. But the oldest reference of marriage is in the Bible. And when I read that Bible, the, the manufacturer said, Adam and Eve. He said male and woman. You didn't say Steve there? No, he didn't. Oh, I was double checking if exactly, you said Steve or Eve. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said Eve. And again, this is that murky water, but God has convicted my spirit that I have to stand on my truth. I teach my children this. I don't care who they are. You stand on your truth. You die with your truth and God will reward you. So this is my truth. As much as I respect every human's choice and I will never allow my own personal choices to encroach on anybody else, I'm not trying to do that in this explanation. But you did ask me a question, so I'm going to give mm -hmm. you my answer. When you put two atoms in the same house, you confuse baby Adam. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you catch that? People? Yes. When you put two Eves in the house, you confuse baby Eve. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go a little personal because mm -hmm. I want this to be real for you guys. So I have three sons, two of which pretty much I adopted. One is 21, one is 22. Um, and Carlos talked about teaching our sons that it's okay to be a virgin. Guess what? Both of my boys are still virgins. You know why? Because daddy told them it was okay. Thank you, Carlos, for bringing that point up. But yeah. anyway, let me move back on and answer this. Let me get off the stage. So listen, here's what happened. I have a, a little son, uh, Junior, all right? He's, he's, he's me, mini-me, right? He comes up to me the other day, Daddy, you gave me your name. <laughs> he's excited to know that he's the only person who I gave my name to. But, but listen, my son is now eight years old. When my son was six, he was on a school bus. Watch this. And he's on a school bus heading home. His friend, his 
one of his best friends on this planet, leans over and tries to kiss him. Pay attention, y'all. Let's be real, because this is what's happening out here. Because I think politically correct is making us all incorrect. Hmm. So this son, this, this child tries to kiss my son. My son comes home. Of course, I'm his dad, his best friend. He's named after me. He wants to be just like me. Hey, daddy, this boy tried to kiss me today. Is, is that okay? This is the conversation my six-year-old is having with me, y'all. So guess what I do? I walk over to the neighbor's house because his best friend happens to be, live, they live on the same, uh, um, in the same um, uh, community. So I, I go over to the neighbor's house and I knock on the door. Hey, wanted to have a conversation with you. Something occurred on the bus and I sit down with them. Guess what happens? His mom is the one who answered the door, but his mom was married to another woman. Mm. They both come and sit in front of me. Immediately, I knew what was happening. I don't need to tell y'all. This is the same question you just asked me. Yeah. So, of mm. course, I told them about the incident. They apologized profusely. They're good people. Great human beings. I mean, I absolutely love them as people. But guess what I now have to do? Now I got to have a certain conversation with my male son, mm -hmm. who's being raised with mom and dad, mm -hmm. with woman mm -hmm. and man, not woman and woman, not man and man. I got to now have a conversation with my son that was never had with me. So not only is this thing confusing the, the children of the next generation, not only is it confusing them, now the parents of those children got to also engage in certain conversations that where's the book for it? Mm -hmm. Can somebody point me to a blueprint of how I should have this combo? So not only is it disrupting the household, not only is it disrupting the next generation and causing more confusion, but now it's also a difficult conversation to have because now I got to be careful what I say to my six-year-old son so that he doesn't go look at his six-year-old friend and as say weird. something and not oh, only that oh, no and then say right. something within the school environment which brings up another problem and these are some of the challenges that fathers face i have to take a break right here but you know how, how they say it stick sure. a pin in in that and we will come back and we'll discuss more about the challenges that uh our fathers face this day and age we'll be right back <laughs> Tuned into the all-new Freedom 106.5. 106.5. And welcome back, Trinidad and Tobago. And in an effort to celebrate International Men's Day 2023, we've stepped into the month of November to discuss issues directly relating to men's health and their situations, you know, to provide some sort of uh, answers and also an insight into men's health. Because you know, we know that once y'all are healthy, you know, we will thrive. Everybody good. Everybody cool. <laughs> All right. And for this conversation, I have Mr. Carlos V. Spencer and uh, in studio, Mr. Errol Fabian and also Mr. Obina Nudu on um, what you call this again? Zoom. And we're talking to <laughs> them and, you know, just just going through some of the issues that are related to our men in this day and age and before the break we were talking about some of the challenges presented to fathers you know in their different capacities and different titles and you know we want to talk about some of the unique challenges fathers face such as societal expectations work-life balance and co-parenting dynamics i saw some phone calls coming in 
Uh, let's take a few calls first and then we'll go back to that topic. The numbers are 627-3223-625-2257 and of course 306-1065. The message board is open. So let's take a call. Hello, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning to you. To all the gentlemen there. And the last person that was speaking, in the name of death, I have no to tell my son that his partner can wake up in the morning at 12 is about teen, his six-year-old name, and just like a female, this morning went to school, we all went to school as boys, but in the morning, he sees Leonard Smith and changed his name. Hmm. And I have to explain to my 15 year old boy, this is so and so. And how do they do that? But they are trying to convince us that this is possible, that you can just wake up in him to not explain the male and male and the female and female. They came up with an agenda that they could tell me here, which is quite normal. So, males on the whole are now sort of ostracized. That identity that we are supposed to have, somewhat especially a female is raised in an environment where there is only female, even if worse when she tries to get into a relationship. So we are in a very tight situation, and we need now to stand out, and that is kind of difficult because of views on how society female and being non-productive. If you don't have a certain amount of education and wealth, you are more or less considered out of out of bounds for some. Enjoy your opening, then. Thank you so much for your call and contribution, Mr. Obina. You would like to continue uh, talking about the you know the challenges that men face, discussing the unique challenges fathers face, such as societal expectations, work-life balance, and co-parenting dynamics. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you guys hear me well? Yes, we're hearing you. Okay. Yeah. I um. Yeah. I don't. I won't take up too much more time on that. I'll, I'll, I'll share one or two more things, and I'll let the other gentleman jump in here. Mm-hmm. But um. But yeah, I think the biggest thing um for us uh, as men in terms of the uh, the expectations, the work life balance, and so on and so forth is um. I think just for 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 just society to realize that men are humans i can't say this enough man we are human beings so that means in the same way that you know women are allowed and expected to have and be and do certain things men want the similar things Mm -hmm. right I'll, i'll never forget as a little boy um we uh my mom gave me some money um to, to grab to get some ice cream. Now I'm the oldest of uh, of four children that she had, and her mom was with us, my grandma, and I absolutely adore my grandmother. And but I I asked my mom. I want y'all to see what happened. I asked my mom for a couple of dollars to get ice cream for my siblings and I, mm-hmm. but we were with our grandmother too. So I go up there, I buy four ice cream, one for me and one for each of my siblings, and. My uh, when I came back, my mom said to me, "Hey, why didn't you get one for your grandma? You know she's human too, right?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh snap! I didn't even think about it." And that's the first place that I wanted to 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 touch on is 
let's just change how we even think about men because we exclude men like i excluded my grandmother we exclude men even in how we think about human needs we think that all the man needs is sex yeah sure it's one of our top two but top two means that there is a more to the list mm -hmm. so guess what a man needs a hug too when he comes home he needs to be loved on too just like his woman wants him to get up and take her out mm -hmm. men have needs as well we, we don't just need to cry we need to be taken care of if we're going to go out and work and provide and so on and so forth it's not just feeding our belly it's not just laying us on our back and having sex we have other needs as well because we are human beings but we've got to start by including men in the needs conversation i think men by default are excluded in the needs conversation. All right. Uh, Mr. Spencer, can we bring you in here? Yeah. So I would say this, and, and this, I might pull my brother, I might pull him back in. Uh, Dr. Drake said every time I try to get out, they keep pulling me back in. And once <laughs> I say that, my brother Obi, he going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, my brother Obi taught me this. It takes a village. And it's not just a village to raise a child. He taught me it takes a village to raise a marriage. It takes a village to raise a man. It takes a village to raise a woman. It takes a village to raise a family. And so for me, I'm in this in this space myself. I was in the marriage for 20 years. And I'm no longer in that marriage. And that's the reason why I say my answer is it takes a village is because my brothers, my mother, my friends have all stepped in to be able to help me in this co-parenting space to be able to help me do things that I can't do by myself. And I don't think we were designed to do by ourselves. In the beginning, in the Bible, it says that God said, everything was good. Everything was good, God said, until it got to man. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for him to be all one. It's not good for anybody to do anything by themselves. There's a scripture that also says, uh, woe to him who falls, he'll be alone, uh, but he, who has a multitude of counsel, there is safety. Interesting thing is it never says a person who has a multitude of counsel doesn't fall. It just says that there's safety. So that means when you're by yourself and you fall, nobody catches you. But when you're in a council and you fall, you have people around you. I think in this day and age, especially in this space of co-parenting and, and trying to do these things and trying to work on these things, and, and this is a situation for a lot of men. And the first brother, he said this, I, I want to circle back to it. It's not that a lot of men are not present in the lives of their children. They just might not be present in the home. I was in the home with my children for 20 years. I have a 20-year-old son. Now I have a different scenario with my 9 and 11-year-old son because I'm not in the home, and I got to find creative ways to be a part of their lives, creative ways to be a part of their school. So I'm some active things I do, I call the school and I have appointments set up with the school on a monthly basis to find out the progress of my sons and also to make sure that the school knows that their father is a part of their lives and they can communicate things with me. So I just circle back to the same point because it always was powerful. I lean on friends, I lean on family, I lean on people. And when I leaned on my brother Obi, I remember him saying to me clearly and it rings inside of me, it takes a village. And it's not just a village to raise a child because we hear it said like that. But my African brother taught me that it doesn't just take a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise all these parts. And for me, I lean on my village 
to help me in this co-parenting space. Well, I'm glad that you brought that point up because I wanted to move beyond uh, fathers being role models and talk about the other uh, aspects, other, uh, let's say, roles, people who can fill role model spaces for men outside of the family. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will touch on that right here on Freedom 106.5 FM. Gemma? I had to call. You were so right. I just came back from Superfarm and yes, I signed up and used my Supercard for their Seniors Day 10% discount on top of some really good prices. Girl, the savings I saw at the bottom of my bill had me smiling. And you didn't tell me it's 10% off everything in store? I refilled my prescription, picked up vitamins, stockings and face cream one time. Seniors 60 years and over can join our Seniors Day program in store and enjoy an added 10% off incredible prices every Every Tuesday, convenient shopping and more savings await everyone at Superfarm. Your prescription of trust. Mom, mom, I finished my letter. Can we go to Superfarm and mail it to Santa, please? All right, I need some Christmas inspiration. Let's go. Wow, slime, Hot Wheels, Disney, need to add to my letter. Ornaments, $20. Stocking stuffers from $12. Oh, and Christmas clothing. That's new. For Sparky, too. Oh. These gift sets were a hit last year. Ooh, fragrances. Share the joy of Christmas this season with adorable decor, unique gift ideas, plus delectable treats to impress everyone. A new level of affordability and convenience at hours to suit your lifestyle are at Superfarm, your prescription of trust. It's Movember on Freedom 106.5 FM, acknowledging providing solutions about mental health for men. Here are some tips and facts. Stigma and seeking help. There's a significant stigma associated with men seeking help for mental health issues. Cultural norms often portray the expression of emotional pain or distress as a sign of weakness, leading to under-reporting and under-treatment of mental health. Keep listening and streaming Freedom 106.5 FM for Movember. Acknowledging and providing solutions to men's health in TNT. You're tuned into the all-new Freedom 106.5. 106.5. And we're back. And we left off talking about finding role models beyond the fathers in society. And I wanted to touch on that point. Do you all have any recommendations for who men should turn to? Um, Uncle Errol, who, who should we turn to? Men need to turn to men. Well, <laughs> and women supposed to turn to women. But no, no, I'm saying um, as in a specific um, response to that, mm -hmm. um, that men need to feel comfortable having uncomfortable conversations and talking to other men because no matter what a man is going through he's not alone in that other men are going through or have gone through it also mm -hmm. and we need to you know when a, when women <clears throat> are by the doctor and they bounce up each other and they go in for mammogram. They talk about them things. Mm -hmm. uh, about what, how it's looking, if it's falling, if it's sagging, how it's feeling, and you know, and touching and things. Mm -hmm. When men bounce up men by the doctor and we go in for prostate, 
we sit down and we phone, you know. <laughs> and the magazines. Phone. And the magazines, you right. know. And we, and, and I can't remember the guy's name. A friend I know says, says it beautifully. We have to get comfortable having the uncomfortable conversations. And it's okay to reach out to men, you know. Mm-hmm. We have been conditioned to not reach out, as um, one of the brothers was saying earlier on, that we are expected to bottle it up, we expected to work it out on our own, we expected to get through and navigate all of this thing alone. Mm-hmm. But no, we can reach out to men and we could talk to men. And I, I feel it's a, it's a great problem. When we have our partners in life, of course we talk with our partners, mm-hmm. you know, our wives, our girlfriends. It's good to talk with our daughters, our sons, but we really need to find a place you know um, one of the guys said he goes to the gym so the brothers there can have have that conversation mm-hmm. not every man is in a situation like that so we need to build into our lives situations where we are with other men and where we can speak freely but i thought the barbershop was that space for y'all it's, it's not like that again well not all men go to the barbershop <laughs> yeah b- b- all your women mm. love so much ball head oh, good Lord. <laughs> look where oh, you go woman loves so much about it you know we, we don't always go to the barbershop in some cases the gym in some cases and we have to find and build in there some for some guys it's the bar mm-hmm. it's some guys it's the rum shop you know where they meet with other men and um we all have how we feel about that for people who drink to the extreme and so on but there's it doesn't discount that men can have a men's talk in the mm-hmm. rum shop and alcohol you know kind of Yes, it absolutely does, especially Mm -hmm. abuse of it. Mm -hmm. And then that's another issue that we have to accept as well, that there are things that impair judgment, alcohol being one, drugs Mm -hmm. being one. Pain being one. Pain, anger. Uh, Mr. Spencer, you want to weigh in on this part as well? Almost definitely. Um, I, I love it, uh, Brother Arrow. Hopefully I pronounced your name right. Yeah, I, yeah. He almost jumped the mic. He said, men need to go to men. I was like, oh, we done. <laughs> we finished here. We finished. Just wrap it up. <laughs> That's right. Um, there's a scripture that says, listen to the instructions of a father. And I love that particular scripture because it doesn't say your father. Now, there are some scriptures that talk about your father, but this one in particular says, listen to the instructions of a father. That means you can go find somebody who's a father that may not be your father that can give you some great advice. Uh, For me, I like to go to men, like Brother Arrow stated, and I like to go to men for those specific things. I have mentors for my fatherhood. I have mentors for business. I have mentors just for being a black man. I have mentors for entrepreneurship. I have mentors in the health space for working out. So I believe the area that you're looking for the help in, you should go find a man who's in that area and a little further down the road than you. Um, and I also believe, I will say this, it's it's easy for men to hold men accountable. What I see or what I do not see is men allowing themselves to be held accountable. Mm. I can hold a lot of men accountable. I'll hold you accountable, I'll hold you accountable. But a lot of men don't open themselves up to be held accountable by another man that you're going to. So what does that look like? For me, I have men who are really close to me who don't need to wait for an open door or an opportunity. You know how you hear it said sometimes, oh, I'm waiting for the right time to say something to, to my friend. People who are close to me don't have to wait for the right time because I've given them my accountability and I've told them to come and check me and tell me when I'm off 
And if I get an attitude, remind me that I gave you this permission to check me. So I definitely think we need to go to mentors. I definitely think that you can go to a father, even though this might not be your particular father. I truly believe in going to older men. I have a lot of older men who speak into me and a lot of older men that I seek out to find out. My grandmother always said, I've been your age. You ain't never been mine. So <laughs> I, I, I purposely <laughs> go to men, right? I've been your age. You ain't yeah, never been mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I purposely <laughs> go to my uncle, who's one of my mentors who just turned 70 the other day. And I, I just told him, I can't make this up. I just told him yesterday, I want to set up a monthly meeting with you just so I can come and sit underneath you and ask you questions. And then I'll end with this. I usually end that conversation with asking them to tell me something that I didn't ask them. Mm. So I asked them all my questions, but then I say, tell me something that I just didn't think to ask that you believe and know that I need to know. Interesting. Um, you see, while you were speaking, you know, uh, Uncle Errol started laughing when, when, you know, grandparents tell you, you know, you've never been my age. I've been yours. I've been yours. That's that it. You know, that's classic. No, the thing is, that, is, that, is. that just, that just kind of opened a memory space for me uh, coming up, you know, because I'm kind of the younger one amongst elders in my family. Mm. And the thought of men coming together to discuss certain issues and so on. I saw that in my family amongst some of my male, you know, uncles, father, grandparents, and so on. And then I realized that more and more it shifted to the women in the family having those meetings and getting together. Uh, you know, and I said to myself, that is where it began to change because you, you realize, as you stated, um, Mr. Fabian, your father was out in the community more than mm -hmm. at home. And I think to pick up the slack, you know, women decided, you know, we're going to try and come together. And if it's not to see what the children need or, or do a susu or something to make sure that that um, space was handled whenever the men decide, okay, we're going to come back and do this. At least there was a covering. Uh, how do we uh, explain to men that, yo, well, they need to come back and kind of take that responsibility or roll over because we were trying to you know cover you all for the, the time being how do we express that to the young men in, in society now that yeah you all need to start back you know well, we don't need to that say to vulnerability them, we need to make the space a welcoming space for the men for the young men to enter Mm -hmm. It's it's not a welcoming space for young men out there in many situations. Of course, I can't paint all situations with the same brush, but it's not a welcoming space for men because there's this notion in society that our man's so bad, and there's mm -hmm. this there's this unwritten, almost legislative agenda in the world where a child's place is with with its mother. And here we are, no offense at all taken, in a man's show hosted by a woman. We'll never go to a woman's show hosted mm -hmm. by a man. It will never happen, you know? And so the space has to be welcoming for those young men, um, especially the ones who we say don't have a father figure, don't have a, 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 role, a male role model, an adult male role model. The space has to be made welcoming. So we have to once again embrace men. We have to know, you know, <clears throat> remember a long time when I was watching um, those Western movies and, mm -hmm. and things going awry and the cavalry riding. 
But that's when, when men reach, you know. Mm -hmm. Because when a, a, a child given trouble is, wait till your father come home. You know, because this, this is so serious. Your father has to deal with this. To come home, yes. And we have to be able to create that environment for young men to understand, guys, you know, the box stops with you. What do we do? Come, we need you. You know, we need you. We need the cavalry to ride in here now. And this will bring me to the next point on, on the list. How do we utilize uh, media and social media to make that space known that there is a space uh, to call the cavalry home then? And I wanted to have you, Mr. Fabian, talk about that, seeing as, <laughs> you know, theater, media, and producing of local content to... to Bring that discussion around. How do we do that? These spaces are the best spaces for us to start having the conversation as you're doing now. Mm -hmm. And for us to do things. It's like the, the Crosby show. The Crosby show sanitized in my mind the black middle class family. And that, wow, they have good values. They, mm -hmm. they can do things. They can be responsible. They don't have to beat up the children to correct them, that kind of thing. And that, that, that's something that I think media achieved. You know, the actors, the writers, the producers, mm -hmm. and of course, the need to make the money. Somebody owned the station and they needed to make the money. And here it was, a black family was a thing that was able to sell, they were able to sell it and make the money. Um, Today, we need to find the, 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 the situation, like the Crosby's, mm -hmm. to deal with, with violence, because there's a lot of violence in our society today. So we need to find that, that, that film or that series and create it that looks at violence and, and, and puts it down. But you see, we may be swimming against the tide, and I'm going to go way off here now, guys, so mm. permit me. It, I feel as though... <clears throat> There's a need to shift the entire society in a particular direction. And they don't want to push back. And who does push back? The men does push back. Mm -hmm. So it seems as though there's an agenda in so many ways. It's very pervasive to temper men, to just keep tempering men and governing men in a way where we feel that it's not okay to push back. Mm -hmm. But I want all of the men who are listening this morning to know if there's a pushback going to come in this world and where we're heading now, fellas, it's up to us. And we need to be men, as one of the brothers was saying earlier on, we need to be men and stand in our male energy and push back. So, Mr. Obi, you want to contribute to the social media part of it and society? Uh, it's funny that you would ask me to do that. Uh, <laughs> by the way, can you guys hear me well? I'm, I'm Loud and clear. Yeah, right. we're hearing you. Okay. It's, it's real funny you uh, asked Brother Obi, but go ahead, O. <laughs> Don't worry, Mr. <laughs> Sylvester. I'll come to you just now. We'll be we'll be here just now. He, know, he knows why, and I know why he's I saying know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just to let the cat out the bag and bring you guys in on the joke, I am like the last guy that's on social media. If something's on social media, I won't see it until somebody shows it to me oh but, um, okay interesting yeah, so that's, yeah yeah but but don't get me wrong i do have a page i'm familiar with social media i do get on there maybe once or twice every three years i'm exaggerating <laughs> but you get the idea yeah. but um but no seriously though um i think it's a brilliant question and uh brother arrow did a great job in what he shared the only thing i would add to what he said is um 
for us to understand how social media works and how to work social media. Let me repeat that. To understand how social media works and how to work social media. Social media is now the new town hall. Amen. When I, or it's now the new newsroom. When I was growing up, if somebody said something that was crazy, you're like, man, that didn't happen. That's not real. Yes, it was. It was on the 6 o'clock news. And just because it was on the 6 o'clock news, it was gospel. Validated. Well, yeah. that's how social media works now. Man, that's not real. That's not true. Yes, it was. I saw it on Instagram. So because it's on social media now, it's true. It's gospel. So the social media is now the, the new news. It's now the new town hall. So when I say understand how social media works, that's one of it. Here's another layer of how social media works. We get to decide what they push forward. Hmm. Let me back up a bit. Hmm. It's called Just algorithm. So we get to decide? If, I, if, if we well, share it, we make what, a trend. What, mm. what, exactly. So if I post something on my page and 300 people click a like on it or 3,000 people go comment on it, guess what? Facebook, Instagram, the, all these platforms, they want to push that content to the top. So when you log in, if you're one of my friends, you're going to see that post first. Hmm. So when I say we get to decide what they push, that's what I mean. One person, my vote doesn't count. Yeah, but look, last time I checked, 100% is made up of 101%. Do you catch that? Mm -hmm. If I take away one of those, it's no longer 100%. So your vote does count. Your like, your post, your comment does count because what we like and what we what we what we comment on is what they're going to push. So if we now know that's how it works, then let's go to the second thing. Let's now pay attention to how we work social media. So remember, I said two things how social media works and how to work social media. So here's how we work social media. Stop clicking on all the nonsense. Stop liking all the dirty jokes. Men, stop only clicking on all the pictures where girls are half naked. Stop sharing Men, the violence. Let's, yes, stop clicking on the violence. Stop only liking and commenting on all of the buffoonery. The things that are just, for lack of a better word. Like and comment on the things that matter. Guess what? The social media platform has no choice but to push that to the top. You know why? Because that's where that's who's paying. Yeah, they're that's, push that's the, the stuff mindset. People want to see because mm -hmm. that's how. Yeah, they're gonna push the stuff people want to see because that's the stuff that gets them more checks. So if that's the case, if we keep seeing all the nonsense is what's being pushed, I don't blame the social media companies. I blame us. What have we been liking? What have we been commenting on? So, so when we talk about using these platforms to start to shift the conversation, to start to change the dialogue, we've got to become aware of how we vote every time we click or like something. All right, Mr. Sylvester, your turn. Mr. Spencer, sorry. Oh, well, I said somebody else joined us. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Spencer, your, your contribution. Sorry. Sorry for that. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. It's all love. Um, here it is. One, you have 
to be very intentional on top of what the gentlemen have shared because they have shared. I'm a playwright as well. I've done uh, musical theater for about 20 years. I've written several productions. The reason why I bring that up is one of my productions is called Brotherhood. It's an all-male cast. It's an all-male cast dealing with all different things that men deal with. In social media, you have to be very intentional. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? If you put content out there for everybody, by default, it's for nobody because nobody knows who it's for. When you're very intentional and very specific about what you're posting and who that's for, what demographic it's for, watch what happens by default. The people who it's not for, they're nosy. So they want to see what it's about. Mm -hmm. So you get more attention by being intentional and saying, this is what I want to speak about. So how do you use this in social media? You have to be very intentional about this is for men. This is for black men. This is for fathers. This is for young men. This is for teenagers, whoever you're for, be unapologetic about it. For me is not against you. Too many people think like, just because I'm speaking so loud for me that that I gotta be against everybody else. No, I'm just for me. What I'm for, I'm for. The second part is a very big ask. The second part is the world needs to stop being so offended. Mm. So when it's for me and when we're speaking about men Mm. and we're speaking specifically about things that men deal with, you better believe somebody in the comments is going to say, well, what about the women? Okay, let me say this. If I'm at a rally and we're talking about cancer and we're doing a 5K walk for cancer, I'm not going to go to that 5K walk for cancer and hold up a sign that says we're against AIDS. Why? There's nothing wrong being against that. We're against diabetes. This is not the rally for that. (laughs) Stop having a problem with what the rally is for. We're talking about, we're speaking about, we're catering to men and we're very specific about it you have to be very unapologetic about it and you have to know that somebody's going to jump in the comments and say well what about the women this is not against them well what about homosexuals we're not talking about them we're talking about men and we're talking about masculine men and we're talking about this specific type of man everybody else in the world gets to talk about what they believe in and there's a problem there's a problem with that Mm -hmm. there's a problem that i have to accept your belief but then you have to be offended by my belief be very specific about it be unapologetic about it and the world needs to stop being so offended about it i like that comment so we're going to take some calls now six two seven three two two three six two five two two five seven three zero six one zero six five and as we await the calls uh can we discuss support systems for fathers the importance of support networks and resources for fathers including community groups online forums um, well we, we just spoke about the use of um social media and being online uh, i find whatsapp groups i find whatsapp groups are becoming more popular mm-hmm. and they're, they're good they're good some <clears throat> Want to keep sending you <laughs> broadcasts, right? Yeah. True, yeah. But I'm I'm in a couple of groups with men, and a lot of good stuff happens there. Good conversation, good um, advice, good suggestions. Mm-hmm. I'm loving those groups. So probably, if you can name a few of them before we the leave pri- there. 
private, private. Group, like one is for with the alumni from my um secondary school naprima college mm -hmm. um one is the international men's day tnt group you mm -hmm. know so uh, they're not they're not groups that are out there Mm -hmm. But, if but people have I like interest, the idea though. <coughs> schools, alumni get together yeah, and, and, and boys' schools. So, right. And, you know, so yesterday we were really at it and I got a lot of stuff out of it yesterday. Mm -hmm. So let's take this call. Hello, good morning. Hello and good morning. Good morning. How are you? Not too bad. So I appreciate this topic and I think this month is too short to deal with it. So <laughs> I would like to suggest that you guys in our group want to have the program and the conversation to take it to the community center but throughout the country and let it properly be advertised and use the community center you know if it has 10 persons let's look at you have you're helping 10 persons because you don't mm. want to have this place that you want a high-end place and then you have to look for funding and then you're looking for funding as long as you're looking for funding or anything <laughs> we really ain't going anywhere <laughs> so we have to take it at a simple and small step so what is missing on society is truth, honesty, and respect. Now, fellas must understand now, fellas now think, you know, the ego and your feed your, your, your ego, be it, be it looks, be it wealth, be it strength, you know, mm -hmm. all women like respect. And you could say it anyhow, yeah, I'm telling you, women prefer respect all the time. And if you have that respect and you have that fairness, thing will go your way. Fairness in the sense that not because you're in the position, you should take advantage of anybody. And that's a self thing. You don't need to go that extra mile to impress anybody. And I'll say this again for men again. When you see us get married, you cannot live like you're single. There are no two ways about that. Hmm. And I know that personally. I see all the examples. They don't have to live life to learn everything on their own because we've got to take many life forms. You, you have an example all about, and there is where the conversation come about to share examples that people know you won't make that, that, that mistake. And in relationship, it's such a fragile situation. Today is good, tomorrow could be bad. And you could be broke, and you could be broken at anything. Because now you're breaking your mental spirit, your strength, your peace of mind. When man loses peace of mind, a man is just a name and a figure. He loses everything. And people won't tell you that because we don't have that avenue for where people get this information. Because in society, there are a lot of dishonest persons. So you won't get a truth on the situation. So I'm saying, guys, continue doing good work. Tosca, thanks for bringing up this topic. Thanks to management. Good job. So bring it to the community, my friends. Have a good day. Thank you so much for your call and your suggestion. That's a good I, idea, you know, yeah, cottage you wanted to move from meetings. November to December. <laughs> <laughs> It would only take Uncle Errol to make that kind of joke. <laughs> All right, so, gentlemen, we're also talking about, um, you know, parental leave po uh, policies. Uh, there has been a recent upsurge in the request for paternal leave. Maternity leave is given to moms already. Um, they, they're even saying that it's not long enough. But for paternal leave to be instituted in Trinidad and Tobago so that that attachment can you know start from uh, as yeah. soon as the baby is born yeah. what do you think well <clears throat> my company gives it mm -hmm. and gael from from s from day one father's got paternity leave at gael that's that's a no-brainer mm -hmm. that's a no-brainer you know there's no need to have a, a cause or a march or a rally for mm -hmm. men to get time off when they be have babies we need to be there yeah and we also had a discussion uh talking about postpartum in men 
which was something mind-boggling. It's real. You know, uh, I, I, I guess I wasn't aware that that could happen. Anything we could feel. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say it so, but, you know, like I said, I understand now uh, your... your aversion to some of the well you know females having these discussions because it's been so centered no what what i'm saying observation okay your observation (laughs) (laughs) it puts it in perspective you know because the attention has been paid on mothers for a while seeing as in some cases we had to take up the role however i am very glad that we're having the conversation for men to come back and take back that role in you know the society we never give up the role you know B- but somehow it it's you know society it, it kind of us right it, it dwindled we, we didn't push back at that you know we, mm-hmm. you know we take our exclusion men have to be men from where they are mm-hmm. we have to be the best father we could be from where we are so if i can't be in the home i'm the best father i can be from where i am mm-hmm. and that that is that is hardwired into us by our manufacturer. We be the best father we can be from where we are. Mm-hmm. So if you if you don't want me there, I'm I'm I ain't fighting you. Mm-hmm. You can't beat you up. I ain't fighting you. I go on. But I'll be the best father I can be from where I am. Even mm-hmm. if it means just hiding someday to watch you go with my children to school. Mm-hmm. You know, just to see to know that they're okay. Sometimes that's what we get, that's what we take. And then when we could go to school and we allowed to come to the school to participate and to bring mm. or to talk or to spend time, we take what we could get. Mm. But like I said, it has to be a, a welcoming space has to be created for men because a hostile space was create, created. <clears throat> and I don't think it was deliberate. You know, there was this narrative about women's rights and, and the glass ceiling for women and all this kind of thing. And all I of that is good. There were wars as well where men had to leave home and fight and, and women and had to do, pull the, weight, pull yeah. the, pull, pull the, 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 the wagon along. Mm-hmm. But as a man getting married, I want to get married to a woman who feels she wants to be a homemaker. I'm a man who feels that I want to be a provider and mm-hmm. I want to get married to a woman who feels she wants to be a homemaker. That, that's that that's just going to turn me on and I'm mm. going to that woman will be a queen I don't want to get married to a CEO mm. I'm sorry I don't want to get married to a general manager I don't want to get married to a, 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 a sales guru it's fine don't, I'm, I'm not knocking that all who wants would like to be that they are men for them this man here mm. I want a homemaker I want to be home and, and at this age of my life also I want a homemaker to be my wife and I look forward to that and for us to have great times together I am um, ladies that is not an ad you see look the phone line <laughs> ringing already <laughs> have mercy six to seven three two two but three, I am six, you know. <laughs> I am married to a woman who wants to be a homemaker. You you better make sure and say that. (laughs) Let's take that call. Hello. Good morning. Hi, morning, Toscan. Good morning, Tick. Is that Errol Fabian I'm hearing that? Yes, Yes, it is. All right. Morning morning to you, Errol. You made a point just now about, you know, homemaker and so on, which is good because my mother's a homemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a fine job, you know. God bless her soul. She has passed on. Pillar of our society. Now it, it's a different market now. So if I could call it that, in relation to the responsibility of us. I know, honestly, Errol, I think we have failed a lot of women out there. Mm-hmm. We have failed a lot of children, but I think we have chance to redeem ourselves. My thing is, I trade my son in a way. More than a holiday. Right, let's bring cookies from 
But if you don't train our sons, it means that the whole question of the stronger condition for child fathers and so on, especially among the, let's say, the African males. I think there's a lot of work to do for us in relation to development, in relation to responsibility. I've always said, Tuscar, that having sex is easy. It's very easy, and you don't have a law against that. But what stems from that is a wider responsibility that I think men have to live up for. And one more thing. When you, in, when you, if you intend to get into a relationship era, mm -hmm. the first thing I tell people, make sure the economics are pretty strong as a man. Mm. Else, you're going to fall by the wayside. Good program. I keep listening. Yes. Thank you so much you know, for your call and I contribution. Want, I want to mention in response mm -hmm. that training children has less to do with what we say to them and more about how we live. What we show them. I agree. Right. I agree. Let's take another call. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Tosca, and good morning, Errol. Good, good morning. morning. We all I have find have yes, when you have like two or three children mm -hmm. and they are small and most of the time, sometimes it is a year apart, it is excellent to take time off and stay home with the children. You can give the best love, you can give the best wife at that point in time. And when they begin to go to school, then you can see to go out work. Because I did stay home. And you teach the children so much. You have the personal affected time to teach them. And I taught my children, my two children, they were very small, one year apart, I taught them at home, just like if they were in school, after breakfast, you have your bath, you change off your clothes, and school will start there. Mm. And when they had to go to the primary school, when they did the test, the both of them went in A class. So it is an excellent job, a personal touch. You can share, make the breakfast, make the lunch, make the dinner, and do all these things. But many people does not want, and they won't give up the job for their family. Thank you. Have a blessed one. Thank wow. you so much for your call and wow. contribution. That's, <laughs> that's an experienced lady talking, yeah. you know. And as a woman, <laughs> understanding that caretaker role and seeing it from my grandmother, mother, you know, it, it is, I see the, the changes that the eras have put on mm -hmm. women, you know, so... I, I would love to be, you know, a homemaker in this day yeah. and age. But I, I would also like to, we've been so trained to have the emergency fund put down that we make in for ourselves, you know. And um, as a, 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 you know, a male, yeah. how do we uh, provide that space to have that conversation with men to say, you know, okay, I am going to give up that sense of security that I'm providing for myself so that you can be the one that takes care of me. So you're going to let me be me, you're saying? Well, I'm letting <laughs> you be you. You're going to let right? me be me. I mean, because we've I been so traumatized. I'm wired for that. Yeah, okay. Provide, you say? That's mm -hmm. what we do. Mm -hmm. That's what we do as men, you know? And we talk about the absent male, right? But what about the absent homemaker? Mm. Yeah. You know, the home is where we talk about where the children learn so much and do so much. And a home needs a homemaker, I would think. And I'm not saying that it's gender specific. 
necessarily. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that thing, just so we know the role of the father, mm -hmm. there's a thing that is an energy that goes into making the home. Mm -hmm. And if well, that is missing, that is a that that's a, a that's a paralysis mm -hmm. in the home there. Well, let me um change the paradigm a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mr. Spencer, you can come in on, on this. Let's say we make the male the homemaker. Yeah. Let, let's say, okay, we, we have that conversation and we realize, okay, lady, you, you like to actually go out and work and so on. I would be the one to stay home. Mr. Spencer, you think that could happen? That conversation could happen? I think it could happen, but I think it, it, it can't happen. It has to be very intentional. The two parties, the male and the female, have to have a clear conversation and clear understanding. And the reason why I say that is because I, I honestly, and this is going to rub some people the wrong way, <laughs> I think it's innate for a lot of people. I won't say all, but I will say a lot of people that for a lot of women want to be taken care of and provided for. And as Brother Arrow said, a lot of men want to have a wife who is, uh, quote unquote, a homemaker and not somebody who maybe necessarily not outside the home, but somebody who's going to take care of the home. That's innate within a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's coming together and just kind of on a subconscious level, the male's going to be the person at the home, the woman's making more money, uh, he's going to be the homemaker. If that conversation doesn't happen and it's not very clearly communicated mm -hmm. and it's not intentional, it's going to be something that's going to show up. At some point, uh, the male per se may feel like, well, you're not taking care of me. You're not you're not doing things that I want to be done. You're not tending to me. Or the woman may feel at some point, you know, you're not you're not making me feel safe. The word husband literally means house band, the band that holds the house together. Mm. So it has to be very clear. Now, I'm not saying it's not impossible. And I have seen it happen. I have seen it work. But that same couple has to be very guarded and intentional about their love towards one another because outside influences will try to ruin your marriage and you have a situation like that, that's working mm. for you. Mm. You may have a man that's very comfortable being a homemaker, a wife very comfortable uh, uh, bringing home the bacon per se, but people on the outside looking in saying, this ain't the way it's supposed to be. I can't believe it's like this. I can't believe it's like that. And inside you're fine. So it has to be clearly communicated. I do think that it is possible, but I do honestly think it's a little bit rare. Mm -hmm. They say, girl, what you doing going out to work every day? Does your man supposed to do that? <laughs> you know, they want to get in a business and tell you. And you know, Chinese could jam it hard, eh? <laughs> we ain't easy, you know. Let's take a call here. Hello, good morning. Good morning. See you, Tosca. How are you going this morning? I'm blessed. How are you? Right. That's very nice to I'm okay. And good morning to your guests in studio there. Now, in relation to what you're talking about, right, a homemaker is a very good choice once the human being, he or she, is a good person. A homemaker is really an excellent choice. Now, when you talk about a homemaker, what is a homemaker? A homemaker is somebody who basically home, see about the home and different things. I will agree with the fact that the man go out there and use his skill and talent to build the society. The man have the strong will, will power, the physical power and everything to do that. You don't put a woman through them kind of drama. Let's just stay home and deal with the family and different things, right? So I will agree that the man really go out there and he build the society. Let the lady take care of the woman, right? But my thing where that is concerned, as I say, if the human being is a good person, don't take advantage. Because basically she just home and she don't really know what is going on with you all day. And if the person is a good person, don't take advantage. Otherwise, you will end up in a situation where you are not deserving of what it is they have. So I do agree with that. And I want to give this one advice before I go. 
if you can take that position in life, it's good, but just be careful. Be very, very careful because there's a very dangerous society out there. So just be careful. That's all I will say. Thank you. Tosca, be careful. Tosca, eh? be careful. I didn't say I was taking you. Be your careful. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, uh, I said homemaker, right? and I, mm-hmm. I, I must say too that the homemaker doesn't mean you do have hired help, you know. Thank you. You understand? Mm-hmm. You could be a homemaker and have help. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to do all the laundry, do all the cooking, do all the cleaning, do all the scrubbing. You're not a do slave. The... No. Right. No. But, you know, and the gentleman said something, oh my gosh, forgive me, guys, I don't want to hug the conversation, but he said, let the man go out and build the society. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, without homemakers, there's no society. You because wouldn't have the, the opportunity to do is it. the foundation yeah. of the community, which is the yeah. foundation of the society. So that building of the, the society and building of the community has to do with strong homes. Mm-hmm. And that is an awesome responsibility that is more missing than men are from our world today. Mr. Obi, how do you chime in? Mr. Nadu? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I thought you didn't love me anymore. Okay, All right. <laughs> you see how miscommunication is no, no, go? <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. I'm just teasing. Um, no, I, I think that everybody has been spot on um, with the, all the comments so far. Um, I think in terms of the homemaker piece, I think that the unspoken that I keep hearing, and even as I'm listening to <clears throat> this dialogue, it's showing up and that unspoken is that being a homemaker is a phenomenal position to occupy Mm -hmm. it's not less than it's almost like the tone is almost like oh you stay home and do the little homework stuff and i'll go out here and i'll go do the real stuff i'll be the man no because when that the society that arrow just pointed out he said without the home you don't have the society the society that men are out here building, who is it that's going to occupy that society? Isn't it the children and the women from home? So it's, it, you can't say which one is greater, you know, the chicken or the egg. You can't even say which one is, came first. Both. Without either one, you wouldn't have the other one, right? You need both. So my greatest thing that I want to say is that a woman that is at home is just as important in handling the homemaker side of things as the man who is outside of the home handling it. Um, your other question about men uh, going for, uh, I, I guess, I don't want to call it maternity leave. Paternity. Paternity leave. Yeah. Right? I think it's really important. My uncle um, sent me a, a video the other day, mm-hmm. and it, it, was a, it was a cartoon. And the ju- there was a man and a woman, mother and father, and the mother spoke first, and the, the judge said, to the mother, why do you think you deserve to have the baby? I guess they were getting a divorce. And the woman said, well, I carried him for nine months and, you know, I birthed him and he's my child. And uh, the judge was like, okay. And then the judge looks at the father and says, why do you think you deserve to have the baby? And the father said, if I walk up to a Pepsi machine and I put coins in a Pepsi and it spits out the Pepsi, does the Pepsi belong to me or the machine? Some of you will get that one much later, but the point of the riddle of that of that joke was to say the baby belongs to both of them. Mm-hmm. The baby belongs to both of them. 
The, the Pepsi was a part of the machine until the, the man came and paid for it. Now it's his. The Pepsi belonged to both. So, so for a mother to be asked to take maternity leave or be okay, that it's expected. It's a given. That's just the way things are. But we don't even consider that, hey, the baby belongs to the father too. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, we keep talking about the men are present outside of the home. They're not present in the home. Well, maybe that's because we, right from the beginning, we didn't even expect them to be present in the home. Yeah. So I think that paternity leave and maternity leaves are necessary. I don't think it makes sense to just have one because the baby belongs to both. Thank you so much for your contribution. We're going to take a phone call now, and it's coming pretty close to news time, so we have to start to shut it down. This conversation was very interesting. Let's take another call. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. You're live. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Yes, enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Yes, but you men, they all have their duty, duty to play fair. And because some of them really don't stand up to their responsibility. If there's a woman working well, the man could work safety things in house. But remember, some men nowadays, now they don't want to work well, they don't want to kill the kid, that woman work. And they sometimes leave this child with their grandmother or somebody else, and they go out. And they all, in the bar all, they long all night long. I think I was sitting here to have a coconut room, everything home in the house. Every single thing I was my mother's right hand. Anybody comes to my house and says, This is China, this is my right hand. God bless me. I praise you too. He died, but God bless me. You must stand up with responsibility to do things in the home, to help your wife to do this and to do that. They are not doing it, but they are out on the block. Now you find they always get themselves in trouble because when the God man comes, Thank you so much for your call and contribution. He has a point. Hello, Hello. good morning. Hello, good morning. Sorry about our feedback. Thank you. Now I'm listening to your conversation and you know from the many contributions I'm here. You know, okay, let me start by saying <coughs> women have broken free from the chains and the stereotype of being a homemaker and just a wife. They have entered into the world of work and, you know, they have made many, they have come a long way mm-hmm. and have well established themselves, themselves in the workplace. Now, what we are experiencing now is a mix in society where because women have established themselves in the workplace, you see, you might tend to see, or some people might disagree, that men find it um, a bit comfortable being the homemaker. Likewise, it's comfortable where both parties choose to work and be a breadwinner. That is the direction society is moving in, whether as an individual, you can accept that. As a family, you can accept that. As a society, can we accept that without frowning and saying that he's a homemaker and she bringing in the money and you are looked down at? You know, there's a degree of acceptance from individuals to family to society to really bring that change around. Because 
whether we like it or not, that may very well be the direction that we are heading. You know? Okay, thank you so much for your call and your contribution. So, gentlemen, uh, these are the closing minutes right now. So let's talk, start with Mr. Obina Nadu, your closing comments on the topic for today. Yes, ma'am. Um, my final comments, really. Uh, if anything, I would leave everybody with just a thought. Of, remember, your contribution matters. I, I talked about casting our vote from a social media standpoint, <clears throat> but let's cast our vote. Let's not forget that we can cast our vote with our words to our men. Uh, let's not forget we can cast our vote with our words and our deeds with our our sons, our nephews. If you just like in the Bible, can take care of the wall that's in front of you. If you can handle your own family, if you can take care of the, the men that are in your own life, and then your neighbor does that, and then your, the neighbor's neighbor does that, before you know it, we would have shifted the entire dialogue. But everybody has got to take responsibility for their own first. That would be my final words. Thank you so much. And Mr. Spencer? Yeah, I would end with saying... Um, Many community, many community, find a community. T.D. Jakes, I believe, said, man left to himself will either implode or explode. So by ourselves, we're just not, it's not, it's not a good place to be, always by yourself. Sometimes we need to go to a place where you need to be by ourselves, maybe rebuild ourselves. But I'm noticing with a lot of my brothers, like my natural brothers, we have the same mother, same father, that we have a tendency to suffer in silence. We're communicating a lot more often now that we're adults and we have children. And we're recognizing that each and every one of us, me and my brothers, we like to seclude ourselves when things get tough, but we always know that when we come out of that seclusion, that it wasn't the best thing for us. Mm -hmm. Men need community. We thrive in community. Um, my best friend over 35 years, when he lost his father, I was in the hospital. This is how close we were. I was in the hospital with him, just me, him, and his father. His father had passed away and he was combing through his father's beard. Well, during that time, he went through some depression, as we all would, especially having your father for that long in your life. I remember going to his house, and I remember sitting on the couch for hours and not even saying a word. So sometimes when we're around each other, we can give answers, we can give information. But in that situation, even though I it, I didn't have an answer for him. What he needed from me at that time was community. He needed me to come sit down with him, and my presence showed that it's okay that you're going through what you're going through and you're not going through it by yourself. So sometimes we do talk. I think we mentioned drinking and this excess is maybe too bad. But if I got to drink a cigar and a few men, that's almost like the barbershop for me. It's one of the most comfortable places I can find to be a man, to be comfortable with my manhood, to be comfortable with my shortcomings and know that I have a community that's going to support me, even though I may not feel like I'm on, my, on myself at that time. Many community. Thank you so much, Mr. Spencer. Mr. Fabian, mm -hmm. your well, closing comments. Carlos just touched something very important there for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, he talked about how we need a community men. You know, I'm a recovering drug addict. And one of the things we say is an addict by himself is in bad company. Mm. You know, and it really speaks to us needing our support, needing our group you know, and I, w I want so much to agree with, with, with Carlos and to tell him how much he touched me. And, you know, 
this is a real example of it because if we were all live here these three men after the show we would sit in the lobby or we would go somewhere mm -hmm. and we would talk and we'd exchange numbers yeah. mm -hmm. and we would start a group yeah. we would stay in touch with each other because we, we we're singing from the same hymn book pretty much you know and so yes I am really appreciative I'm glad to have been invited here you know comedians we don't get invited to a lot of things you know mm. <laughs> but um, why you say that it's no, true that he's a joker you know <laughs> he's a comedian yeah but, no, um, but they, I mean enlighten the whole you know space yeah but it's, it's great that this, this discussion was a very healthy discussion mm -hmm. and I'm very happy to have been a part of it and I want to say to all the men who are out there and listening be the best man you can be from where you are and with those words ladies and gentlemen especially our gentlemen thank you so much for joining us here on Freedom 106.5 FM Mr. Carlos, Mr. Obina, thank you so much for joining us via Zoom and being part of the conversation. And of course, we have a few more days within the month of November to, you know, really talk to our men and show, uh, well, show them that we do care. And we know that once you're healthy, the entire universe, world will thrive. So thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining me. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability, the all-new talk radio, Freedom 106.5.